the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host and the next Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Well, not really, but why not? I like fish and chips. I think I could fit in. I know I speak a different language, but I can do it. I've been to the dentist. That might be a, uh, you know, a hindrance, but I can do it. I can do that job. We'll see what happens. Anyway, I'm glad to be here with you. We're not going to talk about British politics today, thankfully, but I do want to talk to you about parents' responsibility, how dogs make your neighborhood safer, Chick-fil-A's awesomeness, and several other things today. You can join the conversation by giving me a call at 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557 is that number, 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. All right, well, it is, uh, once again, good to be with you. A little update on uh, the shooting that happened at Highland Park, and I thought I wanted to, I wanted to talk about a certain part of that as the you know these things happen and then the the story comes out slowly originally people were saying that there were no red flags that nobody saw this coming you know but today we're looking at it going there's plenty of red flags lots of things that uh, should have seen this coming the shooter's been arrested he's looking at life in prison most likely there's no death penalty in illinois he did not enter a plea unless that has happened since I last looked, but he did not enter a plea, and the judge is holding him without bail. I'm glad he didn't enter a plea. I hope that means that a, a guilty plea is coming so that the victims don't have to go through a trial. Uh, the Buffalo shooter has entered a plea of not guilty, and then that means there'll be a trial. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a right to that, and I, I would defend that. But when you're clearly the guilty one, uh, unless they're trying to pin things on you that you didn't do, it just feels like there is a a moral sense of saying, yeah, I have a right to plead not guilty, and then you have to prove me guilty. And I get that. And I think that's important. But there's also a place where you have to have mercy on uh, the victim's families and things like that. So hopefully that's going to happen here in Illinois. But I don't know. I, it could go either way. They're probably waiting for uh, to see if somebody's going to hire a lawyer to defend this guy or whatever. He's using a, a public defendant. He's being held without bail, and I think that that um, is an interesting part of it because the judge said this. He does pose, in fact, a specific and present threat to the community. And what's interesting about that is that local authorities in September of 2019, when they came to his house after his family called and said, hey, uh, he's threatening to kill all of us, they called him a clear and present danger to the Illinois State Police back then. And so we know that that people know things. We know that he's had a, a history. And so here's my question for you. Something to think about as we just think about our own lives and our, our lives as parents and other things going on. Um, in this case, the gun laws didn't work. Very strict gun laws in Illinois. Illinois is has the sixth strongest gun laws in the country, according to some group that uh, ranks that. They are still, though, right in the middle as far as gun violence and 11th in murders overall if you count Puerto Rico, so 10th if you just count states. And um, 
that's a very interesting statistic, of course. So people are saying, hey, then we need stronger gun laws. And we have people on all sides blaming different people. We've got people blaming guns, gun laws, blaming the NRA, gun owners. We can blame Biden. We can blame Trump. We can blame Marvel Comics. We can blame uh, Thomas Jefferson, whoever you want to blame. You can do it. Um, but what I want to focus on is is this. The gun laws are probably always going to, whatever they are, people are going to get past them, even if they have illegal weapons. Here, his, his weapons were, were purchased legally. And that's one of the issues that is is coming up here. But the reason it's an issue is not because he purchased them legally. It's because the state does have um, red flag laws, the idea that his family members could have stopped him from purchasing those guns. His family members could have stepped in and been more involved. But instead, what actually happened was his dad helped him buy the gun three months after he had threatened his dad's life. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking if my kids threaten my life, I'm probably not going to go uh, help them buy a gun three months later. Just just a thought that I have in my mind that uh, that would not be something that I do. But in this case, it did happen. And what worries me is how oblivious are we as parents to the things that are going on with our kids or even people who are in our families? So if we are uncles or aunts we're cousins, we're people who are spending time with our family. Some of us have big families, right? And we're spending times not just with mom and dad, if they're around, or grandma and grandpa, but cousins and uncles and everybody. This is the uh, shooter's uh, uncle uh, when asked if there were any reason to suspect that uh, this kid might have done something like this. This is what he said. Sometimes. And, I, and, I, and there was no signs of trouble. I saw no signs of trouble. And if I did see signs, I would, I would have said something. But there was no signs of trouble. What was he doing with his life? He was 22. Was he going to school? Was he working? I think he was. He was, he was out of. He, he, he didn't go to college, and he was like, like a, a YouTube rapper that, that I know. But I never even previewed his videos at all. I, I just know that he's on YouTube. I think that's one of the key statements. I know he's a YouTube rapper, but I've never previewed his videos. You know. Parents, I got to tell you, you got to know what your kids are doing. Now, he's 22. You might say he's an adult and everything. I'm going to watch my kids' YouTube videos even when they're 22. I don't care. Maybe I don't have the authority that I used to have. But if they're in trouble, the place you're going to find it is in how they're living their life, in the decisions that they're making. It is a incredible thing that he can say as the uncle, this kid had no trouble. Um, he's a YouTube rapper. And I've never looked at his videos. Well, the videos are are violent and have the lyrics of violence. Maybe we just accept that in our, our media today. Maybe we just accept that as part of it. But I don't think we should. I think we should be very concerned. I would be concerned if my kids' YouTube videos, which they don't have, they keep asking me for them. They're 13 and 10. And, you know, right now I'm just, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. See, and, and what's happening is my 13-year-old is getting emails from Google saying, you're old enough now to defy your parents' wishes. It's exactly what they say. Well, they don't say defy your parents' wishes, but they're basically saying that. They're saying you're 13 years old now and uh, your parents don't have to look at your YouTube account or your Google account, your Google Mail. Really? Well, forget that. I already told them. I said, nope, we're looking. We will, we will reboot and delete your computer if you're doing that. And, you know, James is is fine with that, you know, at this point, but I realize there might be a time when, when he's not. How far do you think parents ought to go in getting in their kids' business in order to stay involved in their life to make sure they don't have trouble? 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557 if you want to join our conversation. So his uncle says, the shooter's uncle in Highland Park says there's no signs of trouble, and yet he 
says he's never watched the the videos, and there are plenty of signs of trouble. Uh, In an interview on CNN, uh, one legal analyst explained the signs of trouble and the responsibility that parents have and the potential of legal jeopardy that his parents actually might have in this case. The biggest flaw is the father sponsoring a son who tried to kill him based on the September 2019 incident. Uh, The father sponsoring uh, uh, and alleging for this sort of sanity of his son in December of 2019. That moment then becomes very difficult for law enforcement to step in in the absence of a criminal case of, of even even a sort of formal investigation against the son. Remember, when the police come in September of 2019 after this knife incident, it's it's a, it's it's directed. The violence is directed towards the family. The family then says, "We're not pressing charges. No problem. The guns are ours. Give, I mean, excuse me, the knives are ours. Give them back." It is very difficult. Even good laws are limited because you have to have standards for them uh, and they are not self-executing. So we have a case here where we might want to look what happened with law enforcement. Did they drop the ball? But I think the real focus is uh, this is an enabling family for a variety of reasons. I think that is a huge part of the question here. And it's been the question in most of these other shootings is that there is enabling families. And sometimes they're enabling because they're just simply absent. We don't know all the details here. But obviously his parents uh, need to get a clue. Your your child is in a lot of trouble. When the uncle says, we didn't see any red flags, well, what red flags are you looking for? Here is the signs of trouble that is there. When he was just... uh, in April of 2019, he was he tried to commit suicide. Now, to me, I'm thinking if my child tr- tries to commit suicide, that's a sign of trouble. That's something going on. Why should that be ignored? In September of 2019, this is the incident that that analyst was talking about. Police were called to his house because he threatened to kill the whole family. And to me, that's a sign of trouble. That it wasn't like they were playing Monopoly and he just got really frustrated and tossed the board and said, I'm going to kill all of you or some dumb things kids say. No, they took it serious enough that they called the cops on their own kid. They called the cops because they thought he meant it. There was some reason to do that. And when they got to his house, the police confiscated weapons from him. He was 19 years old. They confiscated a bunch of knives, uh, a sword. Maybe that's a you know decorative sword or something. I mean, people might have that. It's hard to know. You know, what are these weapons that you're going to use? Or are they somehow decorative? Is he a knife collector? You know, does it have, you know, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe on it or something? I don't know those kinds of details. I have a, I have a big uh, machete that I got uh, on a mission trip in El Salvador. Um, you know, I, I did hide that from my kids, by the way. They don't know where that is because I don't want them swinging it around. You know, I had to get that through customs. That was hard enough. Uh, do you have anything to declare, sir? Uh, yeah, I got some coffee, a couple of T-shirts, a hat. I got a machete. I also brought, and then the guy looks at me like, "You have what now?" I got through. You just have to keep it in your uh, your 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 checked bag, that kind of thing. So they take those things away from him. You know, this is this is a huge thing. This is something that should be the entire family, whatever family members are involved. There's red flags all over it. So one of the the legal issues that's happening is there are red flag laws. Red flag laws, what they do is they allow whoever the law allows to stop you or from buying weapons or from or to take your weapons 
if you think that that person might be a danger to themselves or to society. And it's a limited amount of time, a few days. You have to prove that uh, you have some really solid reason to believe that this person is going to harm somebody. In Illinois, the red flag laws have existed for a while. And uh, they allow family members to do it. So in this case, the family could have done it. Instead, here the family goes out and buys, helps him buy guns and vouches for him. A guy who threatened to kill all of them just three months before. What's happening to, to our families? This always comes back to families at some point. All of these shootings, all of these different things. It comes back to the family. It comes back to the involvement of parents or the involvement of whoever is raising the kid. It's a pretty significant thing. The um, laws are going to be called into question. There's going to be a lot of questions about red flag laws. The gun legislation that Congress just passed last week would have risen the age to 21, so he would not have been able to buy those weapons at 19. He would have been able to buy them at 22, which is his age now. The red flag laws are already in place in Illinois, so what was passed in Congress probably would not have applied. You can expand it. You can give other people the ability to... Uh, make a claim that you're going to harm somebody, a doctor, um, not just family member. It can be a doctor. It can be police. It can be a pastor. It can be different people. But the weight of those laws always are going to be on the one who's doing the accusing because otherwise you abuse those laws. You just say, well, I don't really want you to have this, so I'm going to say that you're a threat to somebody, and then you're taking away their rights, and that will be the argument made against you. They're very complicated, these laws, to do them. And there's, you know, a lot of concern that people have about those laws because they're, you know, in in countries where there's been a lot of tyranny, what you do and what tyrants have done and dictators in the past, Stalin and other people, is they declare their enemies to be insane somehow and they ship them off to Siberia. And if they just have the, the right to do that, if they just have the authority, the power to do that, well, then it's pretty easy just to uh, declare your enemies incompetent and get rid of them. And uh, so a lot of people are opposed to this kind of law in part because of that kind of thing. They can certainly be abused, but they can also be used to stop people who you know who are close to you from doing terrible things. Um, I don't have that authority in California uh, to my knowledge, but I've known people – I've had people come to my office for counseling who have been terrifying where I have locked the doors to the office for a couple of weeks thinking they're going to come back and shoot me. Like I've, I, and I've had my life threatened a couple of times. I, uh, I had that happen one time with somebody I was counseling and I wrote it all down. I wrote down like 20 pages of notes and uh, I turned it into uh, the church I was working for. And I just, Hey, just put this in my file. If I end up dead somewhere, pull it out and uh, read it. And I'd forgotten that I had a copy of that on my own and I just had it in my own personal copies. And one time a few years ago when we were moving, uh, my wife found it and read that. What's this? Nothing, honey. Don't worry about that. It's, it's seven years old. Eh, don't worry about that. Uh, does this happen in your job? Yes, it does. Beneath my desk, I have a baseball trophy. By the way, you're listening to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. And we're asking the question, you know, what responsibility do parents have? What can we do to be more involved in our kids' life so we stay involved in their life? I was going to mention, under my desk, I have a baseball trophy. When I was 11 years old, our team came in first place, and we got this really tall trophy. That was back when you only got a trophy if you actually won. And it was also back when they made trophies with um, that had some value to them. And the base of it is marble, solid marble. And I keep it under there because I can easily grab it and toss it at somebody and hit them over the head if I needed to. And people tell me all the time, you should have a gun under your desk. You should have, you know. Um, it's a scary world that we're living in out there.
Should we have that ability to people close to us, prevent them from owning a gun or have their guns confiscated if they already have them? What powers should we have? And particularly as parents, and what happens when your kid turns 18, but you know they are in deep trouble and you know that they have different things going on? You know, my friends, I think that a lot of what we're seeing here in all of this, really, we have to be thinking about it when we take a look at our kids, when we take a look at how we're raising them. Mine are 13 and 10. And I find myself just, it's hard to explain this age and how it's changed. Somebody gave my, and I'm not opposed to owning guns. I'm not opposed to that at all. I think the Second Amendment is something that we need to keep, all of that. Somebody gave my, one of my kids, I think both my kids, an airsoft gun. And it looks, you know, except for the orange tip on it, it looks like a uh, little machine gun. Not sure what, what type it looks like. You know, and they're pointing it at each other's head and they're pointing it at my head and they're giggling and laughing. And I got to tell you that I've responded not favorably to this and going, I'm going to have to teach them some kind of gun safety. Like, I know it's just a toy. And they keep saying, Dad, it's just a toy. You know, Dad, it's not loaded. How do you know it's not loaded? Well, I know it's not loaded. Yeah, that's what everybody says. You know, I'm sure the gun isn't loaded and then they're dead. You know, and I mean, it's just an airsoft gun. You know, I don't know all of those details. I've been hit with a paint gun before. I've never played the airsoft. I've been hit with the paint gun uh, pellet uh, and come home very bruised. Uh, also proud. Um, one time I got hit on the top of the head, though, I ducked and I wasn't wearing like the helmet. And so it would have hit me in the mask and I would have been fine. But instead, it hit me right square in the top of the head. And I thought I was going to pass out. It hurt so bad. Uh, do you do that? Uh, so anyway, it's it's an interesting thing as a parent, and I'm starting to think, well, what if they get into this? What if this is something really cool? What am I to do? 888-528-2557. When you think about getting into the lives of your kids, let me ask you something. When you worry about it, do you go look in their room, parents, or do you feel like that's an invasion of their privacy? At what age do you feel like it's an invasion of their privacy? At what point do you think it's a violation of trust versus, hey, I'm concerned about you and I'm going to do this? Because these things happen, these patterns happen young, right? The mayor of Highland Park says that she was a teacher uh, or a Boy Scout leader, I think, of this kid when he was uh, six years old. And she just said, well, he was a nice, quiet kid. And so people are asking, well, what happened between the time he was six years old and, and now that he's 22 and he got into this? You know, and parents, you know, what are the things that have alerted you? Maybe you've got a story of how you have really helped out your kid um, because you did step in at the right moment. Are you checking what they're looking at on the Internet? Studies say that children by the age of 10 have very likely seen hardcore pornography today because it's just available to them. And you say, well, it's not in my house and we block the Internet. Yeah, but the kid down the street doesn't or the kid with the older brother who goes to your school, kid's school, they have a phone and they're showing it to everybody. How involved are you in your life? How involved should we be? What do you think about this as a parent? 888-528-2557. I plan to be very involved. I want to I want to have trust. I want to build that trust with my kids. But I also am laying this groundwork out that I want to have access. I want to be able to see what's going on. And I want to make sure that uh, when, not if, but when they get into something they shouldn't, and I know that that's coming. I know that, that in some cases that's already been there, you know, and they got questions about different things. And, you know, to me, the question's not the problem. It's like, why are you asking me that? What have you heard about? These things start really young. 
They really do. There are people who do work, say, in uh, in gang prevention, and they start to identify gang prevention in preschool. Three-year-olds and four-year-olds who are already looking for some kind of acceptance to be part of the team, and some kid says, hey, you know what, I'll be your friend if you go punch that other kid in the face. And so you do. You go punch that other kid in the face, and you think it's funny, and that kid goes home with a bloody nose and crying, And uh, but now you've got a buddy, and now you're, you're a three-year-old little gang you got going. And the question is, you know, that's something I think that all kids kind of do once in a while, but how involved are people? So then the next step is, well, where are the parents? Are the parents involved at all? Are the parents on drugs? What is the history of the, the violence in the family? My friends, I think that there is a lot that we can be doing as parents. We're going to take a break here in just a minute. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. The number is 888-528-2557. And if you're wondering about this, you know, there's a lot of um, resources out there. One of our partners and friends here at KKLA and KPRZ is Focus on the Family. If you go to the Focus on the Family website, just click on Parenting. There's a ton of resources on parenting. And it happens for a whole lot of they have stuff for different ages, right? Because if you're thinking, oh, I better start paying attention to my three-year-old because of what I just said, okay, well, that's stuff on there for that. But your kid might be 17. You might be saying, I've already lost this battle. There's stuff on there for you. Just go to focusonthefamily.com, click the parenting app, and there's a whole lot of stuff on there. I want to encourage you to be engaged as parents, whatever it takes. Be engaged with your kids. And you are going to play a part in how they develop as kids, how they develop as adults eventually. You might play a part in keeping them away from the things that turn them into uh, people who have great troubles or people in worst case uh, like this kid who has done this shooting. What do you think about it? 888-528-2557. When we get back in just a minute, I will take your calls. 888-528-2557. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back in just a moment. Stay, Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you. Number is 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. We're looking at uh, the events in Highland Park near Chicago in Illinois and uh, talking about parents' responsibility for our kids. There are so many red flags that this kid was in trouble from the time of an early age, teenage years. And uh, parents saw them and uh, participated, where even dad, three months after they call the police on him because he threatens to kill the whole family, uh, dad vouches for him so he can buy his guns. Um, How are we doing with our parenting? Do you feel restricted? Do you feel like, oh, I can't look or I got to respect privacy? You know, what's the line? Where do you go too far with all of that? And how do we prevent ourselves from being in a situation where our kids are just lost to things that maybe we could have prevented as parents? That's a hard question, isn't it? It's something that I think for for some of us, we, I think all parents, we kind of feel like we've messed up, right? And uh, don't do that. There's grace and your kids are responsible for what they're doing uh, ultimately. But I think that we can be a lot more involved uh, with our kids and also with our family. We can be involved with the people that we know. 888-528-2557. Donna in Covina, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. Hi, Donna. Yeah, go ahead, Donna. Hi, Scott. How are you? I'm good. Um, Yeah, I'm 
totally agree with you. I mean, parents just don't want to be responsible. I mean, I remember our father, we had a, a gun in the house. And my brother and I, he taught us at a very young age, like maybe when we were six, you know, you don't go in the store. This is a real gun. He showed us how it worked. You don't touch it. And when my brother grew up, I mean, he actually went hunting with my father. He had to take gun safety classes. And even now, my brother is very picky about who he goes hunting with. Uh, He wants to make sure that they're very safe, you know, with their gun. But I think, you know, parents just, in anything, they just, they're not responsible. I think it goes back to when you're younger. I mean, we all had chores to do, you know. We had to babysit or we had to, my brother had to mow the lawns, you know. And I'm not sure people have that now. I mean, we couldn't be home at 22 without working or going to school or both. You know, I, you know, the world has so, definitely changed a lot. What are some things that you think, uh, you know, when it comes to guns, you said you were taught gun safety and, and there was that kind of uh, instruction in your house. Do you think that uh, every family should do this? this? Is something that's on my mind. Like even if you don't own guns or you're not even in favor of it, should you do it anyway with your kids? Yes, yes because you never know. They might be in someone else's home. Yeah. You know, and come across that, or their friend might accidentally go into a drawer and take it out and point it. And you want to flee at that point, you know, because you don't know whether it's loaded or not. Yeah. So I absolutely think every parent should do that. Good All right. Point. All right, Donna, thank you very much for your call. Thanks for calling yeah. Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. I know two families where that's happened, where they lost their little kid because uh, one little kid goes and says, hey, you want to see my dad's gun? Sure. And he knew how to get it. And uh, they got killed. And uh, it's brutal. It's uh, completely brutal. So that's, you know, there's just a a level of responsibility that I think has been been missing there. Do kids do chores today? Do we give kids an allowance? And what are those things? Or have we just taken all of that away? What has happened over the course of time. My wife and I were having this discussion the other day, and she said she was talking to uh, somebody else about how when she was a kid, she was a latchkey kid. I don't know if we use that term as much anymore, but what it was was latchkey kid meant that mom and dad both worked. And when you came home from school, even as a little kid, I think she was saying that she was seven or eight years old, she wore a key around her neck kind of as a necklace, and that's the key to the house. And she would come home and be all alone at the house for a couple of hours. And uh, at a very young age, and that was a pretty common thing uh, for my generation. Is that still a common thing? Do we still use that term, uh, latchkey kid? I know a lot of people work, but do we do that or do we always have sitters and what should we do? I remember uh, sometimes I would take the bus home. We didn't have a school bus at my school. I went to, I, I was fortunate and got to go to a, uh, a private Christian school, so they didn't have a bus, uh, but we could take the city bus home. And uh, I think about that now. Would I put my kid on a city bus? No way. Not. <laughs> and it's a different time, right? I mean, you could go on the city bus and, and you could get everybody to start singing 100 bottles of beer on the wall. And uh, try doing that now. Go on the city bus or go on the train and try to get people to sing 100 bottles of beer on the wall. I don't think it's happening. I think the world has changed. Uh, but I used to take that bus and I would take it to school or take it home. And I didn't get dropped off anywhere near my house. I had a good walk maybe half a mile 
But uh, and I didn't do it that often because my parents usually picked me up. But I had the opportunity to do that, and I'd, I'd pull the little string, and the bus would pull over, and I would get out, and I'd walk across this vacant lot. In fact, the first time I was ever offered drugs was when I got off the bus, and I'm walking through this big deserty area, kind of this vacant lot, over to my neighborhood, and a bunch of kids were smoking pot in the trees and offered me some. I said no. It's during the Reagan years, you know, so I learned how to just say no, and I did. I said no. And I went home, but I could have said yes. I could have said yes, and and my parents would have figured that one out because I, they would have smelled it, probably. And I think my parents uh, would have done something about it. I don't think they would have ignored that at all. Um, I'm wondering if if today we feel like that's too much. If today we feel like oh no, we should let them explore and do the things that they ought to do. What is too far? Did you have a time when your parents or maybe you as a parent saved you because they got involved, because they connected, or maybe they went too far? Maybe your thought is, you know what, they should have trusted me and they didn't and that hurt our relationship. Where's that line? 888-528-2557. I think we're, we're at this time where we struggle be with, with truth, with the, it's kind of inherent in our society. And it gets behind a lot of the thinking that's with the, the critical theory and postmodernism and all of those different isms that are around and cancel culture and stuff. We are very sensitive, even with our own kids, about admitting that they aren't perfect or that they've got problems. See, and I'm thinking about that with this kid. So in this case, we don't know everything there is to know about the parents, but we do know that they were in denial and they were they were around. It doesn't mean they're involved, but they were around, and they were in some kind of denial about this kid's difficulties, right? They, you know, um, clearly he has some problems, right? And you getting tattoos on your face, I don't think I'm old-fashioned to say if my kid, even if he's 20, 25 years old, comes home and he's got tattoos on his face, that I'm I'm not going to worry. I'm going to worry, and I'm going to say something. What does that mean? Why did you decide to do that? Maybe he'll give me an answer and I will worry less. And uh, I know that some things are generational. See, I'm, I'm probably the last generation where when I was in college, <clears throat> not too many people had tattoos, but some people did. And it was kind of becoming trendy. You were still probably the rebellious one if you did, right? But it was becoming trendy and kind of cool where now everybody's got tattoos. Now it's more surprising if you don't have one than if you do, uh, if you're a younger person. I think about that. I think about the old folks' homes and what they're going to be like, you know, in about 40 or 50 years. You know, a bunch of old ladies with tattoos and you can't tell what they are anymore. Uh, That's coming, right? Piercings everywhere. And are their kids going to rebel and not do that? Is that what's going to happen? I don't know. 888-528-2557. Just some thoughts about this. And when we think about responsibility, we are blaming everybody we can blame kind of on both sides, left and right. I do think that parents have responsibility. I think that as believers, especially, we need to be paying attention and realizing that we've got a role in raising our kids. We are, because we just moved up here and in a different role, uh, looking for a church, Christy and I. It's a whole strange thing. You know, when when you've always been the the pastor, your church is pretty much chosen for you. And if the kids' ministry isn't any good, well, that's too bad. You sneak your kids off to some other youth group somewhere else, and uh, you do that. But uh, now we get to do this. And we also have to realize that as much as we're looking for the ministry to be right for our kids, that's our criteria, 
And that I know that's a lot of your criteria. It's what I always tell, you know, lots of churches is that, hey, parents, if they're a parent, they're going to go wherever they think their kids are going to be safe and where their kids are going to learn stuff. And I think that's good. However, that shouldn't be the only place that your kids learn about Jesus. The one hour of Sunday school every week, or maybe a couple hours of youth group where half of it is spent playing chubby bunny and uh, playing some kickball afterward and uh, flirting with the girls. And then you get, you know, a 20 minute uh, Bible lesson, hopefully from some guy who knows what he's talking about. Uh, That might be it. You have your kids every day. Every day you've got them for a period of time. The church cannot be the local church, meaning the Sunday school program, the youth group program, can't be the only place they're hearing about wrong and right, hearing about the Lord, hearing about salvation, hearing about responsibility. Each one of us has a responsibility in training up our kids. Nurture them in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Um, Ephesians 6 has to say, Proverbs 22, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know, that verse kind of is a double-edged sword, I think, for some of us, because some of us worked really hard to train up our child in the way that he should go, and he didn't go in the right way later. You know, that, that happens, but I'll tell you what, at some point, everybody's responsible, right, for their own walk with the Lord. But my first ministry was young adult ministry, and one of the greatest things about that is the kids who were trained up in this way even though they might have left after high school. They left the church. They might have rebelled. They might have been in some trouble. Deep down, they knew what the truth was. And, you know, this passage says, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. A lot of people come back. When life starts to get real, when you realize that you're not 10 feet tall and bulletproof, when the difficulties that happen in all of our lives happen to us, it's remarkable how many people remember that lesson they heard that one time they went to youth group, how many times they remember that thing that their mom or dad always said about the Lord, and they come back. So do what you can do, parents. Don't feel like it's responsible, you know, that you're responsible for every decision that your your kids make. But make sure that they know about the Lord and the discipline of the Lord and the reality of the universe and the condition that we are in. Your job is to pour out your cup, not necessarily to fill theirs. You know, they're going to have to make a choice at some point to make it their own and take what you're giving them. But we as parents, we can keep pouring out our cup and keep doing that our whole life and train our kids. And even if they're younger, we can still, it starts with our our being an example, by the way. Um, That's the place it starts where we say, you know what, we're going to follow the Lord and we're going to make these decisions and we're going to understand what the gospel is and how it works. If you're doing that, it's much easier to pass that on to your kid. And even if your kid says, nah, I'm not too sure, or they give in to the the pressures of youth or the exciting things that you think you can get away with the youth, they're going to remember later that you taught them about the Lord and they will come back. And you can always pray for your kids to do that. I got to take a break. If you want to join our conversation, I'll come back for your calls in just a moment. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. Scott Farrell, your host. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. We're talking about being involved in our kids' lives as a parent and how do we get connected so that we can 
course correct our kid or get involved if they are in trouble uh, before they become like these shooters that we keep seeing that in every case there's a family issue. Usually fatherlessness is, is a big part of it. And either the father isn't there at all, or sometimes the father is there, but clueless and not involved, just vaguely aware that the kid exists. Um, there are so many things there. And as parents, as Christian parents, we can't do that. We got to be connected. What are your thoughts on this? 888-528-2557. Let's go to Louisa in Westminster. Welcome to Southern California Live, Louisa. Hello. So you put me on the radio? You're on the radio right now, Louisa. How are you? Okay, fine. I didn't really want to be on the radio. <laughs> oh, well, okay. we can take you off the radio if you want to. But you called the uh, the station. What do you? What's on your mind here? Well, Maybe? I was talking to the gentleman earlier. It's like you know, like what do we need to do? It's like you're trying to during the pandemic because like every time you look in the news, all you saw was that you know, family marriage, or husband and wife were killing themselves or children, even the pets, because they don't want them to. They living like in the pandemic how it was, but you know, it, for me, it's selfish. Is that you? I mean, it was very hard to stand there because I lost my job like two or three times, mm-hmm. and and you get to a point like, my God, you know, how are we going to pay the rent? How are we going to buy food? Yeah. And, you know, do you think Do you think that the you know, pandemic Do you think that the pandemic has contributed to the the violence and the uh, depression that we're seeing? I believe so because a lot of people lost their jobs and somehow didn't get it back, you know, and it's when they start at another person, another, you know, job, and it's like from scratch. Okay. You know, you make $30 an hour, and you always think you're making 12 <clears throat> so it's, Lots of changes like, happening. Louisa, thank you yeah. very much for your call. I appreciate you calling our, our show. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. And we will put you on the radio if you call. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot to say about what happened maybe to particularly young people during the the shutdowns in particular and not being in school and not having the social ability to be with each other. You know, the shootings were happening at about this rate before the pandemic, and it slowed down, you know, because everybody was home and the schools were out. But we're we're back now. We're back to mostly, you know, what it was like before. You know, it's it's not over in the sense of there's still some regulation. There's probably some more coming. Big stuff in the news, you know, even now about uh, cases being high again, although just a lot less severe as far as the effects it's having on you. But most places you go, it's kind of over. I went to the Dodger game Monday night, and I was just thinking about this. I don't remember anybody wearing a mask. Like 40,000 people there. I don't remember seeing a mask. Um, I had to go to like a, uh, you know, one of those wellness checks that your insurance company makes you do. And they they made us wear a mask. That's the first time I've worn a mask anywhere for months. Uh, you know, I think that uh, while there are still some some of that going on, I think that we're kind of done. And I think, unfortunately, we're back to where we were before these shutdowns with the the violence and the school shootings. And this, I am concerned that it's going to be a lot worse for kids because of what they experienced the last couple of years. They're not going to get those years back. They have been isolated or they have been driven online. That's another thing as a parent that I am concerned about is how much time is is needed even for relationships to be online you know how what at what age should they have social media social media people tell you 13 i think social media is is a big part of the problem i think that one of the reasons in fact if you if you look at this increase in these mass shootings 
that have happened over the last uh, 15 years or so. Some people are blaming the expiration of the the assault weapon ban. Um, but I think the other thing that happened at that period of time is the advent of social media. And what you're seeing is the increase of, in social media and the increase in kids being depressed in the increase in kids being bullied online that you don't see, that teachers don't see, that's harder to find. This is where I'm talking about this as a parent. How do you stay connected? Do you check your kids' social media? Even the kid versions of social media, there's ways around it, right? There's there's all kinds of parental filters and uh, different ways to you know, block your kids' access. But I'm here to tell you, don't trust it. Your kids are smarter than the people who are creating those things, and they'll find a way around it. Um. You know, my kids uh, during the pandemic, you know, they you set that uh, that computer in front of them and you tell them to go to school and we want you to go to school on this really cool machine that has all the video games on it and all the fun memes and all of the uh, all your friends to chat with. Uh, But pay attention to your class. How are you going to do that? And we put some blockers on there and uh, they very quickly found ways around it. We paid money for one one time and uh, it took, I think, uh, James, I know you're probably listening, but it took you, what, two minutes to get around it? to figure out how to deal with it. Uh, I couldn't even figure out how to deal with it. And I called those people and they said, well, we didn't know you could do that. Well, my kid figured it out in two minutes. I'll bet that every kid has figured this out in two minutes. And I ended up having to sit there and go to class with them. I took all of third grade science because of this. Um, There are lots of things that we should look for in your kids if they are struggling and you have to get involved. You have to be, you have to, I think, make a judgment about what the line is with you know how far you you protect your kids privacy but my opinion is as a parent if you think your kids are on drugs if you think they are in an abusive relationship if you think that they are getting bullied if you think that they are doing something that is going to harm them or cause them to harm others or develop into something that will even though it might seem harmless at first is going to change who they are you know we we put so many excuses together for pornography and other things, that's got to change. Um, it it messes with your brain. It literally rewrites your brain. And what it's doing to kids who are starting at very young ages is a disaster. 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. This is Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, your host. Some things to look for if you are wondering about your kids. You know, if their grades suddenly drop, you got to ask what happened. You know, pay attention. Get their report card. Don't just sign it, but look at it. Actually discuss it with them. And, you know, if you find out that they're getting in trouble in school and they didn't used to, if they're always getting in trouble in school, you know, there's a problem there. But if they never got in trouble in school and now all of a sudden they are, well, what's going on? Do they have new friends that are that they're trying to impress? Are they into something else and they just can't pay attention or they can't uh, manage whatever they're dealing with? you got to find out. Change in behavior, like they talk less. I know that they get to be teenagers and they don't want to talk to you and they walk in front of you at the mall. I get that. You know, it's normal, but you shouldn't look at it as something to not pay attention to and just brush off as, hey, this is typical. Do they lock themselves up in their room? Are they always sad? Are they hopeless? Well, what music are they listening to? What's going on with their friends? What are the lyrics? Read the lyrics. Do they have mood swings or they're just high and low? These are things that that doctors and counselors will tell you. It shows something. Sudden outbursts of anger, irritability. They overreact. They're suddenly having temper tantrums. Pay attention to those things, especially if they're threatening people or threatening themselves. 
Or maybe they just don't care. They're the opposite. They don't have any motivation or energy. They don't want to do something that you know they enjoy. Something's going on right with them. It is okay for you to ask. It is okay for you to, in my opinion, to have access to their social media. You've got to, you've got to tell them, you know, say, hey, you know what? These things are personal. You've got to realize that your kids have a way, though, of doing all that privately. You, They have fake social media accounts that they'll use, but then they'll have a secret one that they didn't tell you about. So that's going on. You may never find out about that, but you should be aware that the kids do that. Whatever the case is, be involved with your kids. Number one, with prayer, pray for your kids. Get on your knees and pray for your kids. Go into their room after they're asleep and you pray for them and you get down on your knees and you cry out to God silently. You don't want to wake them up and ruin their sleep. Or if you need to cry out, you know, openly you do that for your kids do battle on your knees for your kids however age they are if your kids are grown you're still worried about them this guy in my church who was 95 he was all worried about his kids and uh, their decision to retire and whether or not that was a wise decision you know a kid's 75 for crying out loud but he was 95 still worried about his son uh in the same way it doesn't go away because you're the parent and something you should realize is that that's how god feels about you that he is your father in heaven, that he knows everything that you're going through. He knows what your insecurities are. He knows what your secrets are. And he knows what's going on with your kids. Ask God to help you. Pray to God and ask for supernatural help in all of these areas. If you're a parent and you're just wondering what to do, you got to start with prayer. And then after that, there are great things to do. I want to encourage you again. So if you need some tools, you know, I can tell you a whole bunch of things from my perspective, but there are so many different categories of what you might need. A great website is our our friends here at KKLA and KPRZ, Focus on the Family. Just go to focusonthefamily.com and click on the parenting tab. It's the second parenting. They got marriage and parenting. And there is so much in there that is helpful for parents. The first thing to do is pray, but the second thing you got to do is you got to be proactive. You have to make sure that you're involved and you have these worries. And if they're keeping you up at night, pay attention to that and then get involved and use some tools to help. And I know it's complicated in, and there's so many different situations, but do not be afraid to parent. Do not be afraid to ask the hard question or to do the unpopular thing to make your kid mad at you because you got involved. Later, your kid will thank you for it. And it's much better than seeing them go down the wrong path and and realizing later that you could have done something and, and you didn't. And if you're finding yourself in that role right now, hey, I should have done something and I didn't, you got to have grace for yourself. Your kids are responsible for their behavior ultimately. And if you realize there was something I should have done, I think we all do that as parents. I wish I would have done this. I wish I did. I've had those moments and they're hard. You got to have grace for yourself the same way that, that God has grace for you. And you got to do that because that's also a great example for your kids to have grace for them. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. We'll be back with hour two in just a moment. Are you a dog or cat person? We'll talk about that in a minute. Don't go away. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.